Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beco System with Steve Stadler. Yes, we're doing great things on bus. Uh, we also have beacons in taxis here in, in London. We have some beacons in the airports. And to put a number out, I think by the end of this year, we're going to see some pretty big campaigns with significant volume of um, beacon-derived or enabled content delivery. We will be extending that transport network of beacons, um, starting here in London and then across the UK and then up. Somewhere in, in the 40% click-through on that first notification. Think of the great huge, value of, of, of increased app sessions that we're generating using, using beacons. So welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System in partnership with Proxbook. My name's Steve Statler of Statler Consulting, and I am in the City of London today with John Worley, who is the CEO of Proxima's Proximity Marketing Business. And this is the next episode in our series of interviews with leaders in the location and proximity ecosystem. And so, uh, John, thanks so much for agreeing to spend some time with us. You're very welcome. Thank you, Steve. You guys are doing some really interesting stuff. I, there's quite a lot of coverage of what you do in the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System, because, because you're doing so much in this space. And in the book, we try and kind of break down into categories what people are doing. And there's like apps, well, you're doing apps because you've got Loka yep. and probably other apps, I don't know. Uh, and then you have, uh, you have what we would call an orchestration layer because you've got intelligence, which you can talk about more in yep. terms of kind of campaign management style, location-based campaign management. And then you've got really interesting uh, a network, and we'll probably go back and talk about what kind of network it is. But I personally believe that is the secret to success in the future. So you, your company's trailblazing, I think it would be fair to say. Yeah, and there's a, lot of, yeah. there's a lot of good things that come out of that, Absolutely. and there's some challenges. So couldn't think of a better person to have in this introductory round of interviews. I've said a little bit, but I've probably done more to confuse people than educate people. Maybe you could give us a little bit of an introduction to the company and the services that you offer. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Proxama is a, a technology business. Um, as you say, we're here in, in London, in the UK. We have been around for some 10 years, and we exist to connect the mobile consumer with their physical environment, and that's always been our mission. Um, and we've done that uh, along two major uh, streams of business. So we have a payments division uh, that supports organizations that want to enable uh, mobile payment at point of sale. But I run, as you say, the proximity marketing division, and we help brands engage more effectively with their mobile consumer. 
So over the past five years or so, we've delivered a huge range of uh, NFC and QR campaigns, enabling consumers to tap a smart poster, to interact with a physical piece of media uh, and uh, experience uh, something entertaining on their mobile device. So we've done tons of that. Yeah. And now we've moved into uh, more and more into the Beacon world. So really you were doing location-based marketing before Beacons existed? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And that experience is, has been hugely relevant um, and has really helped us uh, trailblaze, as, as you say. Um, we also acquired a business um, some few years ago uh, that was a leader in the early Bluetooth marketing arena. So we draw on those skills as well, um, and um, uh, yeah, a ver very important legacy, I think, to Proxama that's helped us uh, really uh, accelerate the delivery of services around beacons. I think what's this, so this business, and so this, this podcast, this video is in partnership with uh, Proxbook, there's over 300 companies in Proxbook. Most of, most of them are very small, uh, run by very young people, and which is fantastic because yeah. there's this incredible energy and a lot of diverse solutions and approaches. I would characterize you as probably closer to my age than the, <laughs> yeah. the, the average yeah. age. So I think in the book what I said was that you guys are like the grown-ups in, in, in the room. And as grown-ups, I think we know that there's advantages and disadvantages <laughs> with that. Like our, our habits tend to, we'd like to live in nicer homes and you're, you're in this, you're in the city of London, which is, yeah. um, which is just a real buzz, and the energy around here is amazing. Yeah. Probably not the lowest cost real estate in uh, in the United Kingdom, but I imagine you also um, get a lot of benefit from having an established storefront, if you like, to the, yeah. the business. Can you talk a little bit about what you see as the pros and cons of of, of being a grown up in this ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I would, I would characterise us as a grown-up, mature business in, in a very, very new market. Um, so yes, we are based here in London. Our head office is here, the executive team's here, and we sell um, to the, the media community and the agency community, uh, principally in London and other major cities around the world. Um, but we do balance that with um, a bunch of clever people in the, the lovely city of, of Norwich, um, where we have our research and development uh, and all our technical folks. And that tends to be a younger, uh, more dynamic environment than, than as you say, the, the slightly perhaps grey-haired environment uh, of the head office uh, facility here in London. So we try and maintain those two different uh, worlds and, and, uh, and keep ourselves fresh with, with youngsters coming through uh, thinking innovatively about how to use mobile technology. And you've got, they've got a university, it's a university town, so you've got a bunch of smart people there, and it's not exactly development off in Bangalore, but, but pretty good language skills up in Norwich, funny accent. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah and a great, great bunch of, of people up there, and we, yeah, we, we draw on the local universities, um, picking out the talent that can help us uh, as I say, innovate in this in this in this arena. So I know that you have been doing a bunch of pilot tests and effectively R and D that goes beyond technology into into kind of the the business area. And um, um, I believe that you won a million pound grant from the UK government. We Can did. you talk a little bit about what that project was or is? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have been innovating with beacons from the very early days, so back in uh, Q4 2013, I think it was. Um, so we gathered experience very, very quickly. Um, the middle of 2014, we were fortunate enough to win a, a small grant from UK government to, to help us explore the use of proximity technologies to re-energise the UK high street. Um, and that project um, developed uh, an application called Loca that consumers can use to discover their local environment. Um, and that initial piece of work was so successful um, that UK government um, uh, awarded us a more significant grant to further develop Loca, um, develop the technology uh, to really help 
principally small but also large businesses on the high street engage more effectively with consumers and get their value proposition out to consumers through the medium that more and more of us are using, of course, mobile, mobile device. Um, and what did the government get for their money? They got an app? They, they got an app um, uh, and absolutely a bunch of, of learnings and a, a more vibrant, more energised um, city centre environment. Um, so our mission now is to uh, grow the technology, develop the technology further, uh, optimise it for um, all the different stakeholders in, in that environment. That's the consumer, of course, we need to put those, put those guys first, but also the small business owner, the large business owner. Um, and, and the organisations that run the high street. So um, our mission is to develop local and grow it across a number of cities. So you're going to keep on with the deployment in Norwich and is it still being funded by the government or is this now just in your hands and you're building on this platform that uh, was originally sponsored? We, we, have, we continue to have funding from Innovate UK. Mm-hmm. Um, that funding I think runs for uh, another six to nine months I believe mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah we continue to develop the the technology um, and uh, deliver on our on our promise to to that body and what, what are some of the use cases that the app implements um, so as I said the, the real mission of, of loca is to help um, businesses um, share their proposition more effectively with consumers. Mm -hmm. So we have beacons on the high street, we have beacons on buses, um, we have beacons in museums, Mm -hmm. and we're using beacons to wake LOCA um, at the right moment and deliver information to consumers that they'll find useful at that particular moment in time and that location. Right. So that might be an offer, but it might be um, just information about uh, a new store that's open, a new product range, um, perhaps a new event that might be uh, starting in the city at the weekend. So it's a mix of information, retail offers, um, and it's hugely dynamic in in the content that it exposes to consumers. But the trick is delivering that information at the right moment when it really makes sense to the user. So it's not just coupons. So not just coupons, absolutely not just coupons, no. We found actually that, that LOCA needs to have a, a really uh, a diverse and rich mix of content, and that content needs to be turning over all the time. Um, our objective, was, of course, is to create app opens that consumers engage with uh, and then engage more with their local community. And how successful has it been? been in bringing people into the centre of Norwich and then getting them to spend money in shops? It's very effective at bringing consumers into store, we know that. Um, So we can see the results from offers and information that we deliver about um, new store propositions. Uh, And with beacons in store we can um, measure that attribution and the end result. So this is sounding pretty sophisticated. So I'm, I'm a merchant in Norwich, family business, been doing it for 100 years. Yeah. And now someone comes in and talks to me about beacons. What, what, what's involved from the merchant's perspective and what do they get out of it? Yes, we try to keep it really simple for the merchant. I think that's been the trick. So um, the little beacon gets uh, placed in the store. Um, we do that for the merchant and really that's the end of the beacon conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we then provide the merchant with access, secure access to an online portal. Um, they can log on to that portal and configure their campaigns, which are really their messages that they want to um, deliver to consumers as they go about their business in the city. Um, so they have great access to, to technology. We kept it uh, as simple as possible, removing all the technical jargon um, and helping them um, engage effectively with the platform and we've also got a team of, of people locally that um, are there to support so we have feet on the ground uh, engaging very regularly with the with the retailers and the business community talking to them about what works what doesn't and how they might improve their campaigns going forwards so they can run campaigns uh, they have a presence in the app um, what sort of information do they get 
out of this system? Uh, so we provide them with a dashboard of uh, performance reports that shows them footfall into their store, uh, shows the number of, of notifications that we've delivered to consumers, um, and, and further information about the performance of that activity. So they have full transparency and access to that data. I think that's been really key to help them engage effectively with Flowco. And, and how much does it cost if I'm a merchant? Is it expensive? It, it, isn't, exp it isn't expensive. We've really tried to keep the cost down. Um, so somewhere around 30, 35 pounds per month mm -hmm. access to Loka um, and access to the Loka community of, of consumers. And how can they, so how do they measure how do they measure that whether they're getting a return on their thirty pounds? Well, a month? if you compare that that investment with the cost of perhaps advertising in a local paper or mm -hmm. putting some poster flyers out, it's it's extremely low cost um, and very effective approach. Um, Locus still needs to grow, so you know we have a way to go in growing the audience mm -hmm. um, to really uh, drive home that return on investment for merchants. And that's where we're now turning our attention. How do we deliver more and more value for consumers to start growing the user base? Um, and that's where a lot of our attention is and will be for this summer. And is there, um, are there like kind of lessons learned that you, I'm sure there must have been loads of lessons that you learned. Are there lessons learned that you'd like to share with us in terms of what you've found out from that process and what, are there, is there any specific benefits that that you can point to that a merchant has got out of using the system? Yeah, so I think um, uh, at the very early days of Loka, we felt that it should be entirely driven by proximity to interesting places, mm -hmm. entirely driven by beacon notifications. Actually, what we found is that users want to browse as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they want to sit and open the app unprompted and look at the merchant um, offering. So we've had to uh, extend, broaden the functionality within Loka to give some browsing type experiences above and beyond just fully notified um, route into the app. Mm -hmm. So that was one key learning. Um, we've learned, and perhaps this is a real obvious one, but we've, we've certainly learned that you need to keep the content fresh. Mm -hmm. um, and if the content goes stale, then users uh, lose interest very, very quickly. Um, so we look, we've learned that and we've made sure that we've got um, people constantly monitoring the quality of the content, again, a very important learning, um, and that that content is, is maintained. I think the other point is that the technology has to be really simple for the user. And for the and for the merchant for them to engage. So, um, a number of different learnings throughout the first uh, 12 to 18 months of, of Loka, and I'm sure a bunch more as we continue to, to press ahead. And Loka is more. It's more than just beacons in the stores. You, you did you not do some work with public transport as well? Yeah, we have them on. We have them on buses. I think we have some on taxis now as well. Yeah. Um, in the Loka community, um, and we have them. As I said, in, uh, in uh, shopping malls, and we have them in, in museums. So we've been testing their performance in in various places, um, and using them to raise awareness of that local community and all the good stuff that goes on there. So, what would happen with a beacon on a bus versus a beacon in a store? So, a bus is a great um, opportunity to wake Loka and deliver information about. Um, what might be happening in the city environment that weekend. Uh, when we get on a bus, we sit down, the first thing we do typically is take our phone out of our pocket. Um, we have time on our hands and it's a great moment to engage. So we, we found, not just with Loka, but with other campaigns, that um, that dwell time um, is a really valuable opportunity to engage effectively through mobile channel. And beacons do that really nicely. I think it's quite difficult to achieve that kind of trigger through any other technology. Makes sense. So beacons on buses in Norwich, um, uh, but also beacons on buses in London. Is that right? Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, we have worked with a number of fantastic partners in the out-of-home community. 
Um, and here in London, we work with exterior media. Um, we're deploying uh, beacons on London buses uh, alongside, in partnership with exterior media. Um, and they're, they're an out-of-home advertiser. They're kind of in the same bucket, broadly speaking, as uh, JC Dassault or Decaux, yeah. depending on how you yeah. want to pronounce them. Yeah, so, so these, these are guys that that help, again, help brands engage effectively with an audience. Um, so in London, you'll often see buses um, wrapped with a brand message on the outside. They might have brand message advertising on the inside of the bus. So their, their, uh, their business is all associated with advertising to a mass audience um, of, of, um, of users of bus, but also um, general population. In and they, um, so they have a sales force that are selling to brands, um, and uh, presumably these beacons can be used by lots of different apps. It's not just the Loka app we're talking about, or is it? Is Loka being used in London? So we're not yet using Loka in London. So our, um, our objective in London, and in fact our our, our broader strategy is to build out a network of beacons across uh, a transport infrastructure. Because as I said earlier, transport represents a great moment of dwell to engage a consumer in a meaningful experience on mobile. Um, so yes, we're doing great things on bus. Uh, we also have beacons in taxis here in, in London. We have some beacons in the airports. Um, so we will be extending that transport network of beacons, um, starting here in London and then across the UK, and then our ambition, of course, is much wider than that. So we establish a network of beacons, and then we make that available to uh, mobile apps that uh, can uh, benefit from that opportunity to engage in those moments. And which apps are using your network? So the, the, one of the first to come on board uh, is uh, the Bus London app. Uh, so we partnered with a company called Mapway. Uh, Mapway um, own um, mobile apps uh, across uh, numerous cities uh, around the world that many of us use to navigate public transport. So they have the Bus London app. They also have the Bus Tube uh, uh, app. Um, they have apps in Paris, uh, New York, Chicago, so all over the world. These guys are renowned for their, their uh, mass transit applications. So we partnered with them here in London, um, and we are waking their app when a consumer with their app sits on the bus. Can you, delicate matter, but I'm going to probe into this area anyway. Let's talk about the money and the flow of money, because... Networks are really interesting because rather than having to have a beacon for every app and kind of that slow process of deployment, which is holding, in my mind, the whole ecosystem back, potentially you can turn on access very, very quickly. But it's got to be so, there's got to be something in it for everybody. And so you have a whole bunch of questions to answer in terms of who gets paid what. Can you... So you've got beacons on buses, beacons in taxis, beacons in airports, beacons yeah. in kiosks. Where does the money come from and where does it go to? So the money ultimately comes from the brand. Um, so let's take, it, let's take an advertising use case. So the money would come from the brand who wants to place an advert in front of a consumer in that great moment of, of dwell. So money comes from brands and of course it's only right that the enabling stakeholders in the ecosystem are paid for, for their role and the value that they bring in delivering that, that high-performing ad. So in, in that example, it would be Proxama, uh, Exterior Media and Mapway are facilitating an opportunity to present a high-performing interstitial within a mobile app at that moment. So you've got the out-of-home advertising company, you've got the app owner, you've got you, and what about the bus company? They... Typically, they would have a relationship with the media owner. Okay. So that's typically how the marketplace would work. 
Okay, so they would they would get their cut from the out of home advertising company. Typically, that's how it works. We all we all have our costs. Yeah. To prov to provide our role uh, in that ecosystem. So typically, yes, that's how it would work. And the, and the same model would hold hold true in an airport. Um, there would be a media owner um, that um, would potentially earn revenue from playing their role in um, locating the beacon, typically alongside their physical media asset. So we're very excited about the interplay between advertising on mobile and the supplementary physical media that the media owner would display alongside it. Okay, so and that, that potentially gets quite complicated. So I've got a big billboard yeah. and that's got a, the content there has got to be coordinated with the content on the phone. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of effort. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, we, our job is to make it as straightforward as possible. So, yeah. so as, as you said, we are, we are a business um, with a number of layers of technology. Very importantly, we have uh, a platform uh, called TapPoint. It's a proprietary uh, campaign management and beacon management platform that we've developed over many years, um, also supporting our NFC and QR proposition. Um, so that technology makes it easy for uh, us um, or our partners to configure a campaign and the delivery of a, uh, a brand message within a mobile app. And yes, there's the need to tie that up with a specific location, um, but we work hard again to make that as straightforward as possible. And I mean, this is something that's never been done before. No, you've never been able to have something popping up on a personal device that's synchronized with a billboard there. It sounds valuable to me. Sounds like there's some value, significant value add. Yeah. Is, is, is there a significant increase in the um, CPMs or whatever the measure is? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, going back to the bus London example, um, when I get on the bus, um, I've got the Bus London app installed on my phone. Um, I get a notification, and that notification on my lock screen will say something like, Welcome to Bus Route C2. So the notification is specific to the bus and specific to the route, um, but it's not advertising at that stage. There's utility there for the user. So I swipe the notification, and the app it comes to the foreground with all the information about the, the following uh, stops on that very specific route. Great utility for the consumer. We're seeing a fantastic click-through on that first uh, notification. Um, we then use that opportunity after a few seconds to deliver an interstitial. And that interstitial ad could be married up with physical advertising on the bus, and we've done that. Um, or it could be some other advertising that's contextually relevant to that route, um, that particular area of London, um, or perhaps that, ultimately, that unique consumer. Got it. Um, and so, what, can you share some numbers? What, what, uh, are there numbers that would make people feel, oh, I should consider this? Uh, yeah, we um, we have published some numbers actually last night. All right. So um, Excellent. We, we have we have published some numbers. I'm now going to try and remember them. Um, somewhere in in the forty percent click through on that first notification. 
So think of the great huge, value well, of, of increased app sessions that we're generating using, using beacons. The interstitial click-through, I think we've published a figure um, over 10%, which again is an order of magnitude perhaps greater than um, a, an interstitial that would just appear with no context um, in a moment that is likely to be irritating um, and difficult to engage. So those numbers are really significant, and we were proud to, um, to publish those numbers last night alongside our partners, Exterior and Mapway. So great conversion numbers, and how does that relate in terms of money coming into the ecosystem that's got to be shared amongst all those people? So this is, as you say, this is, this is early. Yeah. Um, you know, these are the first numbers that we're beginning to roll out. Um, we've got huge interest in it, and we'll see how this scales from here. But... Um, you know, the early indications are fantastic and we're very excited about that. Um, and and with, with those kind of numbers, you know, we, we have to be onto something and there has to be some, some value here that will be created very, very quickly. So one of the things that is kind of annoying and irritating to anyone that's kind of coming, because this whole thing that we're doing is about helping people to create solutions. And there's a technical aspect, but there's also a business aspect. You get your spreadsheet and you're modeling your business out and you say, hey, we can get this. We're going to drive 50% increase in value of CPMs through this. And then the other part of that spreadsheet is how big is the segment? And on one hand, the CPMs go up, but because you're targeting, the segment gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to segment women who are this age, who happen yeah. to be in this location, who have this interest, and you kind of got down to five people before you know what it is. And even if you're trebling the CPM, it's still not a very good business. So is that, some, is that a challenge that you've seen? And so scale is, scale is clearly important. So you know, it's, it's important to us and our strategy that we have a massive network of beacons um, that address really interesting audience seg segments. But if you think about bus or you think about taxi or airport, um, what's really driving, I think, the performance of this is the dwell time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think there is a potential to over-segment and over-target, mm -hmm. but I think there is also the opportunity to get the balance right here and still deliver volume um, and create real value. Got it. Um, and at what point do you think we will be at scale? So let's. So one of the questions that I, I get all the time. So some of my clients are institutional investors and uh, private equity companies, and they're like, "Still too early. Still too early." So the you know the question is, when is the year of the beacon going to be? And obviously we're in this business, so every year is the year of the beacon, of and it'll kind of continue that way. Yeah. until we then decide it's a world hat and we'll leave, and then it'll stop being the year of the beacon. But what I mean by year of the beacon is, you know, we're going through the Jeffrey Moore curve, and we have the innovators and the early adopters, the people we love and who are our customers, I think, at the moment. Yeah. And then we've got the early majority, all those conservative people, and that's actually where we end up making money. And um, So how close do you think we are to getting through this chasm, which I think is where we are at the moment, where all of the early majority people are kind of looking at those innovators and saying, you've got to be mad. I'm not going to do that. When, when is this wave going to hit us, do you think? So I think what's interesting perhaps about what we've achieved here is um, that uh, a number of parties in the ecosystem have, have learned over a period of time and have come together to deliver something really exciting and new. And I think that's taken a long time to play out. And there's been a whole bunch of um, pilots with beacons that have been more technically orientated than really commercially orientated. Mm -hmm. So we've had to go through that learning. We've got to this point now where um, the key players in the ecosystem have come together. We've created something quite exciting and we've created some, some great numbers that show um, performance and, and future value. Um, so I think that we had to go through that 18 months, two years of learning to get to that point. Um, we also had to figure out that, um, that it's not all about coupons and 
pressing um, retail offers into consumers' hands through notifications. You know, what we've led with here is a real utility for the user. Um, so I think you know, that's been a good learning and we need to build on that uh, and find new, really cool, really interesting use cases, ways to open apps, create app sessions. And I think that's the important takeaway um, that will ultimately drive scale and, and take up uh, in, in across numerous apps and numerous markets with a big audience. Okay. So I'm going to put to you a specific date, okay, your, your reaction to this in terms of when's the year of the Beaker system. I actually don't think it's this year. I think this year there's, it's going to grow and be even more exciting than last year. So. And I've been talking to people that work at big infrastructure vendors because now you can buy your beacons from Cisco and uh, all, all these guys that actually the early majority, the conservative people, trust. And what I've heard is that everyone has budgets for beacons this year. And to me, that means there'll be a bunch of projects that won't actually deliver any benefits until next year. So I actually think it's probably going to be the tail end of 2017 before this thing actually starts to go nuclear. I, th I think we'll see consumers engaging with content that's been beacon triggered um, at scale much sooner than that. Um, and to put a number out, I think by the end of this year we're going to see some pretty big campaigns with significant volume of um, beacon-derived or enabled content delivery. Um, but but I would I would agree, perhaps in terms of the nuclear expansion of mm -hmm. the beacon network, then that will take that will take some time. Um, and yeah, maybe your forecast is 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 is, uh, is about right. Okay. We'll see. Very good. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It will be. Um, let's just go back to Proxama and what business you're in, because you're in lots of businesses, but there's probably one that you consider to be kind of the core that you're most interested in. And I'm guessing that it's not the app business. Am I right in saying it, that? You're right. Yeah. I mean, Loka's been fantastic opportunity for us to use our own platform technology and learn how to... Uh, engage an audience using beacons, but um, you know that isn't where our ambition lies long term in in an app. Um, our ambition lies in enabling um, uh, other apps to utilise a beacon network across travel, transport, um, and um, use this technology to re-energise high streets to help brands re reach audiences. It's the core underlying technology that ultimately is important to us. Um, Loco is, is great and will continue to do what it does, underpinned by that um, really special technology that we're building. And if I kind of dissect that part of the business, I uh, we kind of look at networks and kind of classify them in three buckets. You know, there's one that is registries, which is here's where all the beacons are, but it's up to you to figure out how to use them. So there's a bunch of those. Yeah. Um, WikiBeacon being one example in the States, actually it covers here as well. Covers, so all the beacons on Regent Street, they're in WikiBeacon. How you get actually access them, God knows. Um, but then there's beacon access networks, which is I've got beacons and I can control who uses them. What you use them for is up to you. And so I would say Gimbal are kind of in that space over in the States. So they have, they have a lot of beacons, and if you want access to them, they can unlock them, lock them. And they, they do other things as well. Yeah. But, um, and then I look at someone like InMarket, and I would call them a, a beacon commerce network because there's beacons there, but actually there's commerce functionality. In their case, it's kind of this, there's these dashboards that brands can look at and dashboards that retailers can look at and they can kind of see what's happening and that's kind of a way of brokering a much higher set of information. So are you, do you, where do you see your future or maybe you see your future in both? If I have an app that is, I don't know, a maps app and I have no interest in advertising at all, can I buy access to your beacons? Uh, you can, yes, yeah, absolutely you can. Um, and we would broker that and enable that um, uh, alongside our partners. 
Um, so our partners that deploy beacons with us are of course uh, uh, an integral part of our offering. Um, so we would work with them to enable apps um, to access the network. And then of course you have like the commerce functionality which I would say is kind of that all the value add that you have that sits in kind of brokers who gets paid what for yeah, it's actually quite complex. The uh, the, te yeah. the, te the technology and, and the work that um, we've done and Locus really helped support this, uh, ensure that um, we understand all of the different stakeholders um, in the in the value chain that have supported a particular interaction, whether that's a small retailer, a large retailer, a big brand, or a um, uh, a network partner. So. I need to wrap up because you're running out of time. So I've got just uh, two or three more questions. And um, so let's get a bit geeky and talk about Beacon Standards. And so uh, since we last spoke, yeah. uh, Google have got in the business fairly and squarely with Eddystone. Yeah. And then they just come out with Eddystone EID, which has got a lot of interesting stuff in it. Um, what's your view of what, what are Google up to, and is that is that a positive thing from your perspective? Or well, we're very excited by physical web. Yes. Um, we're very excited about the potential of uh, Edistone to engage an audience through a browser such as Chrome, um, and we've actually launched our own progressive web app here in in London um, that. Uh, can be discovered on uh, Exterium Bus. So quite similar to the, the Matway Bus London example, you could uh, get on a bus. Um, if you have Chrome installed, you could discover that bus. You could launch a progressive web app that will give you, in Chrome, access to route information about that particular bus. So there's an app, but you're actually using Chrome. Yeah, we're using we're using Chrome to host that um, that um, mobile web experience. So you can then you can then see all of your just like this as I explained with the with the with the native app. Yeah, you can see all of the bus stops coming up. You can click on uh, one of the bus stops, perhaps the one you're interested in getting off at. You can set a reminder put your phone back in your pocket and receive a notification from us when you're one minute from that stop. All in Chrome without any native app support. So I thought you said you developed an app, but maybe I just missed... We developed a progressive web app. So okay. that, that lives uh, within, within, within Chrome. Chrome browser. Got it. Okay. Fantastically exciting. No need for us to... Um, to um, to ship an app. Um, we have control of that on our web servers, but we can do some really cool stuff. So we're very excited about, about that potential. Um, and um, I think we'll see some really great innovative use cases around physical web using Edistone. So recap once more, um, how if, so I've got my Chrome browser, and, and this works on iOS and Android, does it? It works best on Android best on Android but there is an experience on iOS as well. What's the difference? So if I'm in iOS I can discover the bus, I can launch Chrome mm -hmm. and I can be taken to uh, the specific bus route. I can't set the reminder. So we don't quite have the same degree of control within iOS um, but on Android we have um, additional capabilities to uh, talk back to the, to the consumer and deliver them a notification. And how do I get access to the app again? I bookmark it or? Uh, you can discover it. So um, in, in Chrome on Android, you could swipe down, see the physical web location nearby, click on it, launch Chrome straight to that experience. And this is in the latest build of Chrome? Latest build of Chrome. And, and what's the coverage of those in on handsets now? Do Growing you? very quickly and we're monitoring and learning um, every day, but um, you know we're right at the forefront of this very exciting opportunity. We think iBeacons have got massive potential to engage apps, but we're also very excited about where we can take physical web and progressive web apps 
in, in, a, in a browser such as Chrome. I'm excited by physical web because to me it comes down to money. It's like two orders of magnitude or more cheaper to create content yeah, for, for the physical web. Yeah. And so that means anyone that can create a web page basically can create content, which is most of our children yeah. uh, could set them up. Whereas creating an app, you're talking about significant money. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But um, the thing that really worries me is just training users to discover it. Because, I don't know, you know, the Today widget on iOS, which is the way you, you, find, it, yeah. you find it, is like no one knows about that. No. How on earth are we going to solve that problem? I'm, I'm not sure. Call to action. We'll see how this one plays out. I think yeah. it's an interesting one to watch. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't know the answer yet, uh, but I think the experience is so cool. I can really see from a consumer point of view, um, and I try to take my business hat off and think of, of um, you know, the kind of experiences I'd use as a user. Um, I can see this working. When we get used to it, sit on a bus, I want to understand what's going on in this, in this very specific environment. I'll, I'll take a look, see if there's a, uh, a progress, see if there's a, a physical web um, opportunity to engage. And you did this with Google, and I, I was wondering what does, what does that mean because I do stuff with Google every day. I've, you know, I use Google uh, search and Google apps and so forth, but were Google involved in that? So they've been supportive in helping us understand this new technology. It just goes as far as that. Yeah. Everything we've done, we've done ourselves, um, our own um, very clever and bright technicians and engineers up in, in, in the Norwich office have been working away um, to develop this progressive web app. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's an exciting future there for physical web. So there's Eddie Stone and Eddie Stone, or Ediston, depending on <laughs> where you come, come from. from. Yeah. But um, so that's Ediston URL. Uh, and then there's, we've got um, EID, Ediston yeah. EID, which is basically kind of iBeacon only with a few of the fields adjusted so that they don't get sued, or presumably that's why they do it. Um, and then we've got TLM, which is all about sending management information. But what about Ediston EID, the ephemeral ID piece, which uh, I th I'd love to hear your reaction to that. What's the significance of that? And maybe you should kind of, do you want to summarize what it actually is? I, to be honest, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, this, that's an area that we're just beginning to explore. We've got so okay. excited about these, these other things um, and put a lot of energy and investment into getting beyond the pilot stage with iBeacon and to do some really cool early stuff with physical web. The other bits, we're taking a breather and we'll get back to that. So maybe we'll do another one of these in six months time or so, Steve, and we can talk about our experience with that then. That would be interesting. I think, I think it's a tremendous opportunity. So I'll just put some stakes in the ground and you can react or not react to go. them. Um, so EID, something badly needed, a, albeit a proprietary standard, and what we need is a non-proprietary standard, but at least we've got a proprietary standard from someone that can impact lots of beacons on how you grant access to beacons. So I, th I believe that benefits us all. The thing is, it's like Google is right at the heart of this, and they're collecting the metadata on all of these beacons, and... Um, so I think that a lot of brands and especially retailers would be very nervous about that. And so I, one of the things I want to ask in these sessions is how businesses are reacting to that and, and, and how they're, any concerns they are hearing from the market. Are you hearing any concerns in no, the market about not, what Google not is yet. doing? Not, not yet. This is not an area that, we, that we've really put any energy into. Um, I think it's something for us to get to grips with and start talking to our partners about this summer. But um, yeah, for now, I'm going to sit on the fence. Okay. And uh, we'll see how that one plays out. It will be interesting. So yeah. basically, are Google doing it out of the goodness of their heart or are they getting into the, the network business? And that could be good. It could be not good, depending on... Uh, who you are. Who we'll you see. Are. We'll see, absolutely. Very good. Well, um, let's wrap it up. And there's kind of one last question I wanted to ask, which is, you know, what is the thing that surprised you most in the last year 
what, what, what are the things that happen that you were expecting to happen that didn't happen or did happen that you weren't expecting to happen? Um, I, th I think it's been such an interesting year. Um, what, I don't expect anything to happen now. We take it, you know, we, we try to push the technology, we try to think about the consumer, we try to think about all the people in the ecosystem. Um, and we've got a vision of where we want to be. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're progressing along that journey fantastically well. Um, so I'm not surprised that perhaps we didn't see the explosion that we thought we might in Beacons. Um, yeah, tough, tough one to answer. That tough one to answer. I don't think I'm surprised by anything in this market. We just take it, take it a step at a time and follow our strategy and our vision. Very good. Uh, it's playing out. Okay, John, this has been fascinating. I really appreciate your time. You guys are doing some uh, amazing work and we'll Thank continue you. to watch your progress and hope to check in with you uh, in a few months' time and uh, uh, see where the Beaker system's taking us. Love to do that. Thanks for your time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.